Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode. If you enjoy the conversation today, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, leave a five-star review, share it on social media or the people that you love most. Those are the best ways to support. And as always, thank you for being here and being part of this movement. It means so much to me and thank you so much in advance. Also, make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer you some applicable takeaways and some action steps that you can take this week based on the conversation we have today. This week, we're diving into how to cultivate a deeper, more meaningful life in alignment with your highest self. So a life that doesn't feel like you're running yourself ragged to keep up with your neighbors, your peers, or with people you don't even know on social media. As a culture, we're obsessed with having it all, the perfect body, the successful career, the attractive partner, the luxury lifestyle. And yet all of this comes at the expense of our most valued and intangible possession, often our health and our own happiness. Ironically enough, the World Health Organization estimates that stress costs the economy $300 billion a year. And every day, more and more people are waking up to the fact that there is something wrong with the American dream if in the pursuit for success, we've become the unhealthiest and the unhappiest that we've ever been as a nation. So, so many of us face the hard questions though. What are we working for? What is the purpose of all the stress and anxiety? Do I have another option? And so if you're here with us today, I know that you're probably already aware that something needs to change, even if it's subtle. But most often the very thing that needs to change is the thing that we're most resistant to. But living out of alignment with our highest self often challenges us even more until we create the change that our intuition is calling us forward into. And there's absolutely no one who knows this journey better than this week's guest, Lola Pickett. Lola empowers empaths and sensitive folks to rewire their brains, their bodies, and their behaviors for internal and external resilience, shifting from self-repression to soul expression. She's a published author, host of the Empath to Power podcast, founder of Empathology, an emotional, mental, and physical and spiritual resiliency training program. Her offers blend cutting-edge neuroscience with trauma healing, herbalism, permaculture, ritual, and play to create powerful and lasting results. I'm so excited that you're here today to dive into this conversation with us as Lola is going to share her story about discovering her innate ability to achieve her dreams and how you can as well and how you can step into the freedom that you've wanted for so long. We'll also deep dive into what it means to be a highly sensitive person and an empath. And if you are one, what it means to really creating a supportive environment to find loving, lasting solutions to create your dream life. 
Hi, Lola. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have this conversation and dive in with you. Right before we got onto this call, we were both like, let's take a deep breath. Let's come into alignment. There's a lot happening in the world right now. And as someone who is highly sensitive and an empath, I cannot wait to have this conversation because I know a lot of people right now, specifically what's happening this morning, which is so in sync with this conversation, being an empath and being highly sensitive, there's just so much learning around like you share the different types and just how to navigate what's happening right now in the world. It's just, it's tough, right? It's tough right now. It is. is. It's like more obviously tough than usual. I think it's always pretty challenging to navigate with your senses fully engaged. And that's kind of what I consider a highly sensitive person to be. And right now we're confronted with a lot of big questions and also like a deep call to be more authentic, I think as well. And that's very scary for the recovering people pleaser in all of us. Yeah. I wanted to dive a little bit into your story and just hear how you got into this work. I know you left a marriage and was it corporate wellness or just corporate world, basically just like you completely walked away from everything and said, okay, I have a different trajectory, a different life to live. I would love to just hear how you made such a massive pivot to helping and transforming women and men's lives around the world now. Yeah, it's a gnarly journey that I've been on because I had for a long time what looked from the outside looking in like the perfect life. I had literally a white picket fence. I had a golden retriever. I lived three blocks from the beach in San Diego. I had married my college sweetheart. And so I had like checked off all the proverbial boxes of what an American woman is supposed to want in her life. And by the time I hit age 30 and had my first child, I looked around and felt so depressed and so empty inside. And I thought there's got to be something wrong with me because I have everything I'm supposed to want and I still feel like hell. And so what is it that I need to do? Is it that I need to get another pair of shoes? Is it that I need to get thinner? Is it that I need to get a different job? Maybe I need to move. So I sat with some kind of superficial questions about what needed to change in my life. But it wasn't until one day when I was taking a break from my job, I was working from home at the time and my son was about 10 months old. And I remember this moment so clearly, he was laying on the floor, playing at my feet. And I was taking a break from working on social media. And this poem came across my feed on Facebook. And the poem said, essentially, every parent is a liar because they tell their children that they can grow up and be whoever they want to be and their dreams can come true while putting their own dreams on hold, making Mm. safe, predictable choices and living with regret. And I just felt like this knife in my heart. And I remember like looking down at my son who's like gooing and guying and looking up at me and going, I don't want to be that parent. I don't want to be a liar. I want to be able to tell him that he can grow up and follow his dreams and actually mean it and have the courage to do that for myself. And so that moment was this pivotal turning point for me where I stopped looking at kind of the more superficial layers of incorrect and inauthentic choices that I had made and started to get really honest with myself about the life that I had helped co-create that was really not my dream life. It was the dream that had been installed as a program of this Mm -hmm. culture. And so I started to undo those stories one by one. And it started with my career. I started to blog and explore what it meant to be happy and very quickly found an audience. And that kind of evolved into branding consulting because my background was in graphic design. And then that evolved into mentorship. And I remember my last day at my job, my boss said, I'll see you in three months. (laughs) And I said, I'll never see you again. 
And that was uh, 11 years ago. Oh, Haven't wow. seen him since. <laughs> it's so interesting too, the projections, right? Of other people when they sense that we're stepping into a more empowered, powerful state. For sure. There was a lot of projections thrown my way. And my old set of friends thought I had literally lost my mind because I, you know, once you start to see some sort of independence and success and empowerment from more aligned and authentic choices, the rest kind of topple as a domino effect. And so my marriage could not survive my authentic beingness because the person who I was, was dead. No longer. It was like till death do you part, but it was the death of an identity and a death of a version of myself. And so, you know, I walked away from that as well. And the whole process of being true to myself and really getting curious about who that even was inside of me, because I had been a people pleaser for my whole life, it really turned on my sensitivities again. I had not only been a people pleaser, but I had been emotionally numb. And my mom even used to call me like the ice princess because I would just be cold. It was my way of staying safe, my way of staying protected from the intensity of the muchness, both of myself and also of just the world around me. And I have found in my work that a lot of highly sensitive people have gone that way. And they don't even understand that they are empaths or highly sensitive because they've been so tuned out from feeling anything that they actually think they're the opposite. I love that. I'm in agreement and I'm seeing a lot of in your story. I'm curious in the parts where you created this curiosity and the courage. I think those are two really powerful words. It's like you had the curiosity to explore what was happening within yourself where you were living these stories that were basically projections and the stories of what happiness should look like. And then you had the courage to step into actually leaving the marriage, leaving the career, taking the next step to open your own business. Can you walk us through what that process looked like? I'm assuming based on my own journey, and this is again where there might be some parallel. There was like a mourning process for me of letting go of my old identity and then stepping into this new space. But it was also very terrifying as well. And I think there's a lot of people in the space, and I'm assuming a lot of listeners who are probably like, wow, that sounds incredible, but it also sounds way too terrifying for me. And so how do you support people in actually taking the steps to say, this is possible for you? Absolutely possible. And here's how to do it. Yeah, it's such a great question. It was terrifying. I look back now, I see all the changes that I made in a pretty short period of time, like over the course of maybe 18 months or so. And I think I did, I think, lose my mind a little bit. I think I had to because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to stick with the rapid transformation process that I was in. And I don't know if today, you know, I would have the same level of courage because frankly, I'm not in the same level of pain. And that's what I would say is that the thing that, that motivated me was an unending, relentless sense of despair in spite of my privilege. And then I got guilt on top of it for not being satisfied and a lot of questions around my worth and what even you know is happiness. That, that was my blog for a long time because I had these deep, painful questions. And so something that I love to say to the highly sensitive folks is that we are natural born leaders because we are so uncomfortable already all of the time, either because we are trying to puzzle piece ourselves into other people's expectations, because we are invested wholeheartedly in other people's experiences and abandoning our own in the process, or because we feel so much that it's physically uncomfortable. And I was at that point. I was at that point of being basically unable to tolerate another day in this existence that I had created. And I had to take responsibility for it. I had to look at where am I placing the blame on 
my level of satisfaction on other people and their perceived lack of ability to show up in my life. Am I actually showing up in my own life? Am I showing up for myself? Am I participating in creating what it is that I say that I want? Or am I just sitting back and allowing things to happen and being victimized by my own experience? And so it was really a combination of ruthless self-responsibility paired with a whole lot of existential, physical, mental anguish that moved me to make these changes. And so when I am sitting with somebody who's in a similar level of pain, which I think many of us experience at some point in our lives, many of us are experiencing that right now. I know, yeah. I know what that pain is. Not only can I empathize with it because I'm an empath, but I have experienced it myself. And I also know the gifts of that pain because it is meant to be a messenger. It is meant to be a teacher. It is meant to be a motivator. It is meant to move us. And if we don't let ourselves be moved by the pain we're in, we'll sit in suffering. We'll sit in silence. We'll sit in complacency and nothing will change. And that is actually more painful. I know it's a good place to be in where we are as a collective right now, as awful as it can be, because this is how humans evolve for whatever reason. We evolve when we're sitting on the nail for too long and we finally decide to get up. Mm -hmm. I love what you shared in, in relationship to, I think also when you're in that sort of space and it's almost like a complacency energy, you use external factors to continue to suppress and avoid the pain in which you're feeling. I think if you become aware and curious, you don't have to go to the depths of despair. You don't have to go to this place of hitting rock bottom. If you allow yourself to step into the self-awareness, if you allow yourself to get curious and say, wow, that doesn't feel right. This feels uncomfortable. This feels off. I don't feel balanced. And I'm not going to use the external environment, sex, drugs, alcohol, food, yep, to shopping, av- shopping you know, overspending to avoid the very things that I'm feeling to actually get curious and honest. And I think that that's part of, like you said, what's happening right now. And the more healers and the more coaches that I talk to about this time in history, there's almost this gratitude for it, which I hold as much love and compassion and understanding for what everyone's going through. And I think as much as even this, what's bringing is what is coming up in me the last five months, having this just like awakening to my own truth, there's beyond the suffering on the other side of it is this freedom and this gratitude that I think I trust. Someone had asked me, what is your prediction for 2021? And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just holding the vision that on the other side of this, there is what you're sharing, which is this, this awakening. And so many people are going to be stepping into that. Is that kind of how you're feeling this yeah, time? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that we are a culture that is lacking initiation rights, that is lacking an understanding of all the little deaths and big deaths that happen in the course of a lifetime and resistant to things like aging, things like death, things like decay. And we are not privileged at this point to escape from these facts right now. We're having to look, at least many of us are having to look square in the eyes to see the reality of this. And nature functions in this way. There is always going to be hurricanes, fires, disasters, earthquakes, pain, trauma, death, disease. These are a fact of life on this planet. And it's only human resistance to these things that keeps us with the veils up, eyes closed, Mm. trying to believe that somehow by acting perfectly or by maintaining willful ignorance that we'll somehow escape these factors of nature. But here we are, not able to escape. And I think we're being gifted with 
a massive initiation. And like any initiation, even when you have a series of rites that are kind of part of your cultural narrative, the initiation itself is not pleasant. It's not invited. It's not going to give you what you want. It's going to give you what you need. And this is what we are being graced with. We're giving, uh-huh. being given what we need. We need to see everything that's been swept under the rug for millennia about Western culture. And the only way to let it out is to let it out. <laughs> yeah. And to see it. And I think so often there's this belief of like, stay in the positive and stay, you know, stay in the spirituality and stay heart centered. And it's so interesting. I was at a, at a Tony Roberts Robbins conference and he was talking about like, sometimes you actually have to face the hell. Like you have to see the truth. You have to like be in the shadows. You have to witness what is there. You can't just keep avoiding and spiritual bypassing a lot of what's happening. And I think that with a lot of the spiritual context that has come forward, I'm a fan of it, but I also am like, you know, the constant, like be in the positive and stay focused and don't veer off is also is a little bit bypassing. And so I think there's this gentle balance of saying we can no longer avoid and suppress and we have to be and witness it and be a stance for change. And I think the other point that I love that you pointed out is what we fear, we suppress and resist. And I think that's what's happening right now is that with this pandemic, if you don't have or have never confronted your own death, now you're faced with mortality. And now you're faced with a part of yourself that says, holy fuck, like I am now having to face death for myself and my family head on. And because we've never, as Western culture, had this relationship with death that they have, you know, in multiple tribes and communities around the world, it's actually bridging us into the heart space of saying, okay, well now I have to confront my death. And the thing is we can either go into fear or we can go into love and every day is a blessing and I get to have this life and someday I'm going to die. And those are the two dialogues that I think are happening and we're becoming divided in that. Yeah, for sure. I love what you said about needing to face the shadows sometimes and not to skirt around them with false affirmations of everything is okay and everything has a meaning and all will be well. That can still be a truth. And we can also hold the truth of it hurts right now. It's scary right now. It's hard right now. I'm in pain right now because those things can both be true. Mm-hmm. You know, like right. it, it actually is true that both things are true. And it really is beneficial to kind of hold that full spectrum and allow for that, which we as highly sensitive beings are naturally equipped to do if we can let our sensitivities flow through us, if we can stop resisting the intensity of both ourselves and our own energy and also just of life around us and becoming a more solid conduit for those sensory sensations. Um, It's almost like being an electric wire. And if the casing for the wire is broken or cracked, the energy is scattered and you can get shocked, right? And it can hurt unintentionally. And we can do that with our sensitivities when we're not a solid conduit. And so I feel like that's one of the calls right now is really to solidify our containers, which means embodiment. It means no bypassing. It means being in integrity with ourselves, which is how I define high vibe. So we have this like spiritual conversation of like vibe, high vibe is happiness and gratitude and joy. What I believe is that high vibe is actually based on integrity rather than a specific emotional experience. The more honest we are with ourselves, the more truthful we are with each other. And that's not like radical honesty that's just rude and opinionated. It's like being deeply self-responsible and really taking the reins of our lives in our own hands, looking at things like privilege, racism, not turning a blind eye to them, 
this is what creates high vibe is like the vibrancy of truth. It's like that is the thing Mm. that needs to be channeling through us as vessels right now. I love the idea of pain and growth and the vision of a future where you're out of that are mutually exclusive. They can be, you know, in your consciousness, in your awareness at the same time. And it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to go into the pain and feel the pain and feel the depth of despair of whatever you're going through. And I think people right now need to mourn, they need to grieve, they need to witness the life that they had and know that I posted something that said, like, I don't believe our world's going back to how it used to be. And I, half the people were so angry. Like I, I've never gotten so much, so much hate on one post oh, ever. And then half the people were so excited. And I think that's the duality. Yeah. It's like, totally. it's this morning of our old life. And then the excitement of that something better and more beautiful is on the horizon. And that's, and I just, from that one post, I saw the two sides and I'm like, it's okay to mourn and it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to be frustrated that that life isn't going back. But with that, we can still hold the vision that life is going to be incredible on the other side of this. Yeah. I mean, not holding on to the past is the key to liberation. We can learn from it, mm-hmm. but trying to keep yourself in a past version of yourself or hold others to who they once were, hold our bodies to how they once looked, hold our culture to what it once said it was about and is now clearly not, that's suffering. And right. what if change can be amazing? You know, like we're our systems are wired for stasis. They want safety. They want certainty. Like mm-hmm. our nervous system wants to know what is happening so that it can relax and feel available. However, the real truth is that nothing is certain. Everything right. is up for consideration. <laughs> the future is unwritten. And that scares us at like a very deep like cellular mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that we could make ourselves okay with it is like holding compassion for ourselves for that desire of like, but I want to go back to normal. You know, I want to go back to the way things were. Even if it was crappy for other people, I was okay. And ooh, it's hard for me to look at that. You know, I don't want to look at that. I just want to go back. I'm tired. You know, I want to go back to sleep. Right. And unfortunately, once you know, you can't unknow. Once you wake up, you can't go back to sleep. And it's not always pleasant. It's like those memes that mm-hmm. are going around here and there of like what I thought spiritual awakening would look like. And it's like, you know, yogic and like beautiful everywhere <laughs> yes. and beautiful and like what it actually looks like. It's like the covers pulled up over your face and like tears and mascara running. And that's kind of how it is. But on the other side of that moment can be an immense amount of beauty. And I've seen it in my own life. That's alchemy. You know, that's yes. alchemy in motion. That's transformation. And there were a lot of messy mascara stained moments in the process of me leaving my whole life. A hundred percent. But I wouldn't regret it. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. 
Hey there, are you loving this podcast? Well, a simple way to support is to head over to sarahandstuart.com and join the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you are never going to miss out on any details of new projects, products, upcoming events, or behind the scenes stuff that I only share with my inner circle. Also by joining, you're going to get access to the movement, which means you are part of a free community of individuals standing in their power to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So head on over to sarahandstuart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I think we think that there's a destination, right? There's the destination of the rainbows and the the beauty and the happily ever after. We've been sold. And I think when we actually accept and surrender to the belief that, like you said, although our bodies want homeostasis and balance in our minds and our thoughts, we believe, we think from a mind trickery standpoint (laughs) that that we need to stay in this state of comfort, we actually will never have that. And I think that through that acceptance, and for me, that was one one of the most spiritual moments is just being in that state of acceptance and surrender and saying like, there is no guarantee even around my marriage. There's no guarantee around my job. There's no guarantee around living in LA my whole life. There's no guarantee about getting pregnant or not getting pregnant or being a mom or not. Like everything is up for change. And when you're in that, I think there's a, it shifts your consciousness to be in a state of gratitude too for the presence. And so when you move to acceptance, surrender that things are going to change, you also move into a state of gratitude that things won't ever be the same. And so be in joy and happiness and a space of peace when you get to have those elated experiences and those states of of happiness. I wanted to, because I'm an indigo child and because (laughs) I have suppressed a lot of my gifts for many, many years. When I was very young, my parents were like, what are we going to do with this kid? We don't know what to do with her. (laughs) And so like, as a child, I was so interested in like the Dalai Lama and going to see shamans and learning about chakras. And so I want to walk people through what are those gifts that they're potentially shutting down that they don't even realize or recognize they're shutting down? And how do you help them access those gifts again, because it took me many years to come back to a place where I was like, wow, I can feel my intuition. I can feel my heart center. I know what's true for me, regardless of what media and cultural conditioning is telling me. Yeah, it's such a good question. And I would say that, that the gifts are unique to each of us. It could be that you have the ability to, to have psychic insights you know, and receive information that isn't coming from your embodied senses. It could be that you feel something literally in your body when you're around somebody and you can understand what that means and interpret it and help them, You know, especially if you're being hired to do so. I would recommend not doing it otherwise. It might mean that you have a creative gift that you weave magic spells with your words. Do you have the power to influence and transform lives through communication? It could be that you have a spiritual gift and you can connect with other presences beyond this dimension. There are so many facets of the ways that these gifts show up. And although we can have kind of like psychic or empath envy and be like, I want what she's having, the ones that you have are by design perfect for the way that you are made and also for the purpose you're here to fulfill. And let me just crush the purpose myth real quick in that it's not about what you do Your purpose isn't about what you do for a living or about your title and your business card or even about whether you're in the right job for yourself. Your purpose is in being yourself fully. The thing that unlocks your magic, 
the magic pill that everyone is looking for does not exist outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. You are the magic. And that sounds like a great meme and it maybe sounds a little bit trite, but it is the absolute 100% truth. The magic isn't out there. It's not in seeing fairies and sparkles and whatever Harry Potter has programmed us to think that magic looks like. The magic is in you unconditionally and unequivocally loving and holding compassion for who you are in your human experience. This is what unlocks your power. This is what unlocks your empathic gifts. This is what unlocks your ability to be a contribution. This is what unlocks your lack of regret when you reach the end of your days and can look back with absolute and utter love and grace for the life you've chosen to live. And so the way that I support people is not the way that they expect. You know, people come in expecting to get a class on chakras or what have you, and those things definitely have their place, but they're not, first of all, my tradition to speak to. And second of all, I believe that the magic is in our bodies and specifically in the control center for how our bodies make choices on what we're perceiving and how we're interpreting the data that we're allowing in. And that comes down to our nervous system. And so a lot of the work that I do ends up being training our sensory system to work with our sensitivities in a more empowered, conscious way versus letting our autonomic nervous system run away with us. And so therefore, we can partner more actively with our organ systems, with our skin, with our taste buds, with our sight. And so what happens in my communities is this incredible like embodiment experience where not only do we end up accidentally healing from our traumas, but also healing from things like allergies, autoimmune diseases, improvements in things like vision, touch. There are very down-to-earth real things that happen when you learn how to support your body as a highly sensitive person. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love how you shared. It's a, it's a lot in relationship to how I view when people come in and they're like, I want a weight loss model, or I want a nutrition plan, or I want a Give movement a plan. Give me a diet. And I'm like, the purpose of your body is to be this vehicle and this vessel to create love and joy and happiness and experience all of that on this planet. And when we start to view our bodies as this gift and the ability to say, thank you, just like the unique gifts that you were sharing. We all have different bodies. We all have unique gifts. And when we start to create that relationship to our bodies versus like my body's supposed to do something for me and it's supposed to give me this feeling of self-love and self-love. It's supposed to look this way and it's supposed to give me that like access to feeling good within myself. And and, Mm -hmm. and we have to reverse engineer that process and really start to rethink the purpose component of what is actually here and disconnected, I think, from the ego and the mind and the stories and the projections and the wounding patterns and all of the things that we cling to so tightly. I'm curious in terms of empaths and highly sensitive, you share about nine different types, right? Nine different types of empaths. And without going into all the details, because I know that you have tons of access and we're going to share all of that in the show notes. Can you talk a little bit about these different types? Because I think so often, and I would be curious if you could just share a little bit more about defining what an empath is, because I think there are probably people on here that are a little bit like, am I an empath? Am I not an empath? I don't know. (laughs) Where do do I fall on this this spectrum? Like, this sounds really great, but is it me? Exactly. So if you could share a little bit more about just like what an empath is, what it means to be highly sensitive, and then these different types so that people can get a sense that there are so many different types. And so again, just going back to what we've been talking about this entire time, it's hard to put yourself in this bucket. And then when it doesn't fit right, like you're trying to put the cube in the right form, then we kind of disregard it. 
but I like that you're allowing people to see that there's so many different types. Yes. Aspects of this. I think it's a really important point. And, you know, if you're listening and you've already done some research at some point in your journey of like, maybe I'm an empath, maybe that's what's going on. And then you went down the internet rabbit hole and we're like, oh no, I am not these people. Like, nope, I cannot relate to these conversations. Everybody's just whining about how hard things are and you know how we walk into rooms and immediately get overwhelmed by some sort of sadness or anxiety that we weren't feeling five minutes before. That might not be your experience and yet you could still be an empath. So traditionally, what the definition tends to be is you feel other people's emotions or energies as if they are your own and have a hard time differentiating between what's yours and what's not yours. So a lot of the standard conversations are, how do I separate what's mine from what's not mine? Empaths tend to struggle with boundaries. Mm -hmm. However, I find that that conversation falls woefully short because a lot of times you are not aware that you're feeling something from someone else. You have no idea that you might be internalizing somebody else's experience. You are just feeling anxious or you're feeling overwhelmed or you keep finding yourself chronically procrastinating on the things that you know you need to do in order to create the results that you want in your life. But for some reason, you keep protecting yourself from that success. You keep holding yourself back. You are perfectionistic oftentimes and have a raging inner critic And you might also be aware that you tend to people please to say yes when you mean no, or you can't quite stand up for yourself if you know it's going to make somebody else feel uncomfortable or hurt their feelings. And so you'd rather hurt yourself than hurt them because that's something that you can control and also something that you feel like feels better. That's what makes you a good person, right? Is taking care of everybody else. And so these are the things that tend to resonate for the folks in my community who go, I didn't think I was an empath before, but I know I do those things. And there's a whole host of things that I've ended up calling empath stress disorder that kind of encapture these side effects of being an empath that go way, way beyond, you know, not understanding what's yours and what's not yours. Because we really can look at like the symptoms and then reverse engineer and go, oh, it's probably because you're hypersensitive. You have a hypervigilant nervous system and it's programmed to create safety by tracking everybody else by yourself. And that can create all kinds of different things going on in your life, all kinds of dynamics. And yes, it does tend to have a relationship with some sort of trauma, whether that's ongoing childhood trauma, some big T traumatic event, but also because the highly sensitive nervous system physiologically differs from 80% of the human population, what happens is that the highly sensitive person, which all empaths are, processes data differently. And that can be traumatic data, non-traumatic data, But if it's traumatic, it's going to go deeper into the nervous system and create more patterns of protection than it might for somebody else. That's resilience, right? And so we have a harder time being resilient. And so it needs to become a learned set of traits and skills for folks like us so that we can like push through the procrastination so we can stop people pleasing. So we can like stop going, how did she just say no so easily? Like literally, how did she form the words that were like, this is not working for me? Like this is what I would think to myself. Back at like a decade ago, like I literally cannot say no to this person. Like, why can't I do this? And how do you do that? Well, now I know. But anyway, so that's like the empath conversation. And there's a couple of episodes that your listeners might like on my podcast. One is the first one, which is like, are you an empath? And then there's a differentiator between highly sensitive person and empaths. Because while all empaths are HSPs, not all HSPs are empaths. So there's like a little subset of the Mm -hmm. minority HSP that's the empath as well. Mm-hmm. And so I go into those. I'll send uh, your team some links so you can share those if you want. And that. as for the empath types, 
the benefit of that information is once you understand that maybe you're an empath, you can get a much clearer sense of your mechanisms of protection, your mechanisms of self-sabotage, and also your opportunities for service contribution and growth. And they're very unique to the way that these gifts and sensitivities show up in your system, both physiologically, emotionally, energetically, spiritually, all the different dimensions. So I'll give you an example. One of my types is called a communication empath. This is me, and this makes me a great podcaster and a great interview host and guest because I can sense what needs to be said, Mm. and I can frame the context of the conversation for the unspoken signals and energies that I'm able to read because I can connect deeply with who I'm speaking with, their audience, etc. So the dark side of that, of course, is you can become a master manipulator. So you really have to understand what's your motivation, what's your intent, and understand that there can be accusations coming your way of using these gifts for not so good purposes, and you really have to be in integrity with yourself. And that's true of all of the gifts. Like we can all have the shadow side come out unconsciously, which is how it tends to start. And you really need to be aware of like, what does that unconscious shadow look like for your specific set of gifts? So you can go the other direction and stay in integrity and stay centered, even if somebody does accuse you of something. So words are your weapon and also your tool for making magic when you're a communication empath. There's Mm -hmm. psychic empath, energetic empath, which I've changed to be vibrational, which I like better. Somatic, so the people who feel things in their bodies that other people are experiencing, a stomach ache when your partner's stressed, those kinds of things. And there's nine types in total. And so it really can be an incredibly empowering set of information to get about yourself, much more so than something like the personality tests that are out there, because this is like practical, very, very grounded. And yet, of course, there's that spiritual dimension as well. Yeah. And I would love to know how you're supporting people. Let's say on the flip side, like you're very good at communicating and having these conversations and reading the other person. Let's say that someone wasn't because they're Mm. so sensitive to doing something wrong or being insecure or saying the wrong thing, or they have that kind of ADHD, ADD kind of tendency where they're like, I don't know what to say or how to say it. And I'm so confused and I'm scared and I'm in fear. So let's say it was the flip side of that. Then how do you move people through moving into a more empowered state? And is that possible or do they just need to align? So there's like two parts that I get confused. It's like, is it possible to overcome these shortcomings in our own psyche and in our own life? Hmm. Or is it better to just choose a path that reflects the gifts that we have? I'm sure it's partly both, Mm -hmm. but I just want to hear from your take because so many people say, well, I'm just going to go in the direction that feels right. But then sometimes that is self-sabotage because let's say I was, I, feeling. yeah, because if I continued to say, oh, I feel so insecure on podcasts and I'm never going to do it, I'm going to hide behind it, then I wouldn't be here speaking to you. That's so right. it's, I think there's this balance, but I'm curious what kind of tools you're giving <laughs> people to kind of move through the parts of the empath that aren't necessarily serving their higher yeah. goals. And then if you recommend, you know, creating a career or job, or even if you really want something else, maybe it's not in alignment with <laughs> with your, the empath that you are? Yeah. So I think this is such a great and fascinating question. I will say that there's a pretty strong mythos in spiritual wellness circles that says resistance is a sign from the universe that you're not in alignment, right? Like when things are not going well, that means you're out of alignment. And I'm just going to call bullshit on that. Because a lot of times the reason that things are not going well is that they're confronting you at a very core level who you think you are who you are designed to be. And in my experience, growth is never comfortable, Mm. ever. The most growth 
facilitating experiences that I've been through have been like being rung through a ringer. And on the other side of that, you discover your strength, you discover your courage, you discover that you were made so much more than you thought you were, but you won't get that sense of self without being tested. And the universe doesn't just test you for the hell of it. It's not like, oh, I'm going to give her cancer and see what she does. We don't earn these experiences, but when they come, we can choose how to navigate them. Do we steer away? Is that what our intuition is telling us? Or is that our fear saying, stay safe, stay protected? And it's hard to discern which is intuition and which is fear. And so the way that I help support my students and my clients with that is understanding the four F responses of the nervous system, which are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And they're mechanisms of the parasympathetic, the sympathetic, and the vagus nerve. And so once you understand what your defaults are, which are your protection mechanisms, you can begin to see your patterns physiologically, energetically, emotionally when you're going into one of those unconscious protection patterns, which means you're up against an opportunity nine times out of 10. And so you can begin to partner with them differently. Each pattern has a compensation, has an expression. For me, my fight looked like addictive shopping. I'm going to fight for the fact that I have enough, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to make it so even if it's putting me into debt and I have to lie about it. Like that's an unhealthy flight response. Mm-hmm. And so what's the medicine for an unhealthy fight is the healthy freeze, the pause. Mm, I love that. And each of them can compensate for each other. So you can have the healthy freeze. You can also have the healthy fawn, which is thinking of the other, which is connecting versus disconnecting. So we go a lot into sciencey stuff in my classes because we really have to understand the physiological mechanisms of protection that are going on based on our patterns that have been informed by our life experiences to this point, also our epigenetic history, our ancestry. So we're carrying a lot and a lot of it's unconscious until we start to pay real close attention. Then we Mm. can be empowered and then we can start to make those brave choices. Yeah, that was the other thing I wanted to ask you, just going into the route of like what you might call bullshit on (laughs) is this like belief that a lot of people keep saying, it's like, you're born with a clear slate. You're born, you know, you come in and like, you're just an embodiment of joy and happiness and love. And I'm continue to call bullshit on that, but I'm curious your thoughts. (laughs) Well, for sure, because we are born with DNA, Mm -hmm. like we are built from DNA Mm -hmm. and DNA doesn't just come from nothing. Mm -hmm. It comes from 30,000, 50,000, a million years worth of human evolution, migration, trauma, wounding, colonization, being the colonizer and the colonized. You know, we carry these legacies of success and failure, of pain and triumph. And we are built from the bones and the blood of our ancestors. We come from the soil of this planet, which has a lot of stories to tell. And so, you know, people ask, like, are empaths born or empaths made? And I say, yes. (laughs) Right? The answer is yes. We are are born and we are made. And same with being highly sensitive. And I think it's because we're not just like gobs of clay when we come out that life sculpts for us. We come with material. We come with a specific flavor of consciousness. We come with specific genes that are turned on or turned off. And then life activates those pieces in us Mm -hmm. and it activates us each differently. So, you know, this is why somebody who's born with the exact same astrological chart as you can be totally different because your material is different. Your circumstances are different. Mm -hmm. You express your chart differently. Yeah. And if you believe in past lives, your past lives are different and (laughs) your many, many lifetimes of of experience and karmic contracts and 
all the expressions in which we choose to reincarnate. So That's right. it, it, it's really- and We weren't a, all Cleopatra, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was royalty every single lifetime. <laughs> I know for sure I wasn't. I have done, I I've done many- too many fast life regressions and I'm like, oh, that's definitely not royalty there. That explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I want to, I want to leave with where people can find you, where they can get more information, how they can take your quiz, what course is coming out, like all the things. So make, to make sure people really continue to dive into this. Cause I think right now more than ever on this planet, like we just all have to take the radical responsibility piece getting out of the victim mentality and saying, yes, I was born with this. Yes, there were ancestral patterns and ancestral trauma and and ways that were projected upon me since birth and before then, but I still have this life. And that means I have responsibility to step into a greater energetic experience. Thank you, Sarah, so much. I could not agree with you more. And if you're resonating with what we've been talking about, then I encourage you to come play with me on social media. Everywhere is at the Lola Pickett. And that's pickets with two T's, unlike my picket fence in my old life. And you can also come to lolapicket.com and that's where you'll find my quiz. You can just go to slash quiz, lolapicket.com slash quiz. And I also have a very popular podcast for sensitive souls called Empath to Power. And that's available everywhere that podcasts are found, probably right where you're listening to this one. Um, and I love connecting with with all sensitive folks who are ready to have a different conversation about what it really means to be resilient, what it really means to be of service and to fill ourselves up with ourselves so that we stop going around empty, abandoned, and full of other people's voices that aren't our own. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so thankful, deeply thankful for the work that you're doing and just how you're showing up and supporting people who just need this information. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Oh, I loved this conversation with Lola and I trust that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was a conversation I believe we can all benefit from, especially if you didn't know what an empath or a highly sensitive person was before this conversation. So Lola offered us a gift of sharing her wisdom and finding our truest paths, stepping into positive change and living a self-expressed life rooted from a place of one's inner truth. And so if you are left from this conversation feeling a bit overwhelmed and wondering where do I start, I encourage you to begin simply by thinking about how this week you're going to start celebrating your life. Simply put, what are the ways that you can connect deeper to what lights you up, brings you joy, and cultivates self-love? This could be art, dance, writing, music, being in nature, gardening, singing. The only thing to focus on is choosing experiences that cultivate more joy. Because the more joy you access, the more you will cultivate more courage to step in to those uncomfortable places because you know that on the other side of that discomfort and complacency is more joy. So it's this counterintuitive way to think about moving through the discomfort. And so this week, I encourage you to open up your journal, write down a short list of joyful experiences and then schedule them on your calendar. Again, through these playful acts, you will enjoy the moment. And through that enjoyment, you will also be creating an access point and a portal to getting to the core of what needs to change in your life, what parts of yourself need to change and how to shift your environment to create a more loving long-term solution for yourself and your dreams. So during this process, you may recognize 
major shifts that need to occur to step into your highest path. And you might recognize that there are some places of discomfort that also need to shift before you become more blissful and joyful. But remember, there is always joy on the other side of these moments, like we talked about, if you allow it. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, I recommend you give a listen to my podcast with Aaron Eber as we approach a similar topic from a different angle as we dive into the process of creating rituals for healing. So drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts. Also, what you're going to do this week to step into more joy and play and let me know what's been resonating. What do you wanna hear more about? How can I support you in becoming happier and healthier? I deeply, deeply want to celebrate you. So please tag me on the gram at Sarah and Stuart. And until next time, I'm sending you a massive virtual hug and so much love for the week ahead. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it but you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.